So saints, listen to me. You can't have goodness in your heart if you're not putting goodness in. Okay, yeah, you can fake it, but eventually it's going to show up what's down on the inside. And the main way it shows up is through your mouth. It's going to show up through your actions and through your mouth. But your mouth is the main way that it shows up. Listen, you're good because of the good that's been stored in your heart. All right. You make a decision to think about good things because you have good things in your heart. And because you have good things stored up, you speak good things from the abundance of the things you're meditating on. Have you ever noticed that your mouth speaks what you're thinking? All right. That's why our mouths are dangerous. And that's why we need to think before we speak. It's the abundance of the heart that controls the path of life for all of us believers. The word abundance in the Greek is a Greek word, parisima, parisima, all right? And it means abundance or a great deal of. You have to have an overflowing amount, a great abundance of something in order for it to produce out of your mouth. And so that's important. Remember, Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. It's not where your heart is, there your treasure will be. It's whatever that you have determined to be the greatest thing in your life. That's where your heart's going to end up. And that's what's going to come out of your mouth. Jesus was saying your heart contains the treasure and your heart's where your soul and your spirit meet. So your treasure's made up of thoughts. Listen to me. Your treasure is made up of thoughts, beliefs, assumptions, and doctrines that you have accepted as true. So your treasure is what you make your decisions and attitudes on. These decisions and attitudes will either bring you success, which is good, or it will bring you failure, which is evil. All right. Now listen to me, saints. Let me give you three things about your thoughts this morning. Three things you need to know. Number one, you, you cannot, listen, you cannot choose to not think. You can sit there quietly, but a thought's going to enter into your mind. It's going to come. All right. I mean, I, don't you wish you could, how many of y'all wish you could just turn your mind off? How many of y'all have ever tried to sleep and you couldn't get thoughts to stop? Let me see your hands. That's ever happened to you. Look around at all the people. See, we, we'd like to get them to stop, but that's not, God didn't make your brain to go idle. All right. I just thought I'd throw that in. All right. How many of you know that God, we can have his thoughts? Now, those are the ones we want echoing into our mind. Sometimes we just want to sit down and slow down so that we can focus on God. And then, then that's when peace begins to settle in. Number two, you cannot think two thoughts at the same time. It, you can't do it. It's impossible. You only have one thought at a time. And then number three, we can choose which thoughts we want to dwell on. Now, that, folks, is the one I need you to focus on. You choose. Everybody say, I choose. Which thoughts that you're going to focus on. Listen, the battle for your life always begins in your mind and you're choosing what you want to think on. People who are going to commit sin, start thinking on that sin long before they ever commit it. I've had people sit in my office and tell me, say, I don't know what happened, pastor. It just just happened. I just went out and committed. No, you don't go out and commit adultery without having thought about it before you ever get there. Okay, so y'all take your foot off the brake. 
I'm not talking about you, all right? So just relax. It's the same thing with envy. It's the same thing with anger. You choose to think angry thoughts and then anger manifests itself. First in your words, then in your actions. But it starts with a thought. Everybody say, with a thought. It's important we understand that. Now listen to this in 3 John, verse number two. I'm gonna put it right up here on the screen. Beloved, everybody say, that's me. That's me. Oh, y'all don't believe that. Y'all were so weak on that. How many of y'all believe you're the beloved that God is speaking of? Now notice what he says. I pray that you may what? Prosper in what? All things. Everybody say all things. things. How many of y'all believe God really means that? He says, I I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul, what? Prospers. Now notice, as your soul prospers, so does your health. There is a correlation. How many of y'all have ever felt bad? If you have, say yes. How many of you allowed it to let you have a bad day? I mean, stop and think about it. You didn't feel good. And, and listen, isn't it amazing? When you don't feel good, everybody knows it. It's reflective in your countenance. Do you see the effect it begins to have on your mind, your will and your emotions? And he said here, I pray that you would prosper in all things everything and be in health. How many of you know it is God's desire for you to be healthy in your mind so you can be healthy in your body? So he wants us to be healthy. So here we see it is God's will for us to prosper and it begins with the prosperity in our minds. Prosperity in your mind is the key to prosperity in every area of your life. Why? Because God designed you that way as his child. Listen to this in Jeremiah 29, 11, for the sake of time. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace. How many of y'all are glad God's thinking peaceful thoughts towards you? He is not thinking about smashing you like a bug. I am so tired of people telling me, I know God's mad at me. Listen to me. Everybody, look right here. Everybody, look right here. Colossians says, the wrath of God, everybody say wrath. How many of y'all believe wrath is anger extended? The wrath of God has been satisfied. Everybody say satisfied. How was it satisfied? By the blood of Jesus. That means God is not angry with you. Now, he doesn't approve of sin. If you believe that, say yes. He is not approving sin. He is not approving your sin. I just thought I'd make that clear. But he is not mad. What is his desire? According to 1 Peter, his desire that all would come unto the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. So if that's his desire, and the Bible says it's the goodness of God that causes man to repent, brings about repentance. How many of y'all believe that that's what God is displaying toward humanity now? So I know the thoughts I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you what? A future and a hope. How many of y'all are glad you got a bright future? See, he's thinking good about you. Listen to this in Psalm 35, verse 27. Let them shout for joy. Everybody that's full of joy, shout. Yeah. All right, let them shout for joy and be glad that favor my righteous cause. Yea, let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified, which has pleasure. Everybody say pleasure. Pleasure. 
in the prosperity of his servant. I know what you're thinking. Some of y'all are out there thinking, oh, that's just to do with money. Hey, listen, God is just as delighted about you having uh, financial prosperity, but he's more excited about you having mental prosperity because now everything in your life can go in the right direction. Come on, if you believe that, say yes. See, we see it's God's, it's God's pleasure. He has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. Listen to this in Proverbs 3 in verse number 1. Listen to this. My son, do not forget my teachings, but keep my commands where? In your heart. How many of you know that's your mind and your spirit? He says, keep my commands in your heart, for they will what? They'll do some things for you. Put up verse two, if you would, please. That's all right. You don't see me panicking, do you? I can read it off of here, but I'm going to wait. I want everybody to see it. Y'all turn to Proverbs 3, 1 and 2. Proverbs 3, 1 and 2. Look at it. I want everybody to see it. Sometimes I go over these things and I say them and then people are like, well, I've never seen that. I want you to see it. It's in the Bible. I'm not making this up. Here's some things that God will do for you if you will keep his commands in your heart. If you'll meditate on his word for length of days. Woo! And long life. How about that? Length of days and long life and peace will be added to you. Glory to God. I don't know about y'all, but I, I could use all three of those things. I could use some length of days. I could use some long life. And I could definitely use some peace. Now that's what happens when you keep that stirred up in your mind and in your heart. You keep it in there and you start to meditate on God. Listen, God doesn't want us to live our life broken down and dilapidated. He wants us to live and walk in an upright manner. He wants to delight in our prosperity, the prosperity of our mind, which leads us to prosperity in every area of life, including our health. And listen, when we start meditating on his word, because we've kept his commandments in our heart, then we, he will add to us length of days, long life and peace. How many of y'all believe that is a good retirement package? Man, I'm telling you right now, God has got this thing worked out for us. And that's why this, this verse in Proverbs 23 and verse number seven is so important for us. We covered this a little bit last week. For as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So let me ask you this question this morning. What are you thinking about yourself in your own mind? How do you see yourself? You know, the, the sad truth of the matter is, if we all sat down, we sat down one-on-one, -on -one, we'd find out that a lot of y'all are not thinking what God thinks about you. You're thinking that you're done. I can't tell you how many times I, I encounter, please, everybody in here, don't take this the wrong way, but I encounter elderly people and they think they're, God was done with me years ago. God is never done with you. Never lifts his anointing from your life. He is not done with you, saints. And God is always thinking good things. But listen, you've got to agree with what God thinks in order for these good things to come to pass in your life. You've got to think these things through. In Proverbs 23, 7, as he thinks in his heart, the Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. In other words, now listen to me. A man is either limited or liberated by what he thinks in his heart about himself.
Hey, do I have that quote? Can you put that up there? A man is either limited or liberated by what he thinks in his heart about himself. So you're either limiting your life so that God can't lift it to where it needs to be, or you're liberating yourself so that you can be all you can be in Christ Jesus. The choice is yours. So you either limit or liberate. How many of y'all believe you're a liberator? Amen. See, you can choose to think about yourself as God thinks and intends for you to think, or you can think about yourself in light of your flaws. Well, I'm just, a, I'm just, you know, I, I'm never going to amount to any good. I'm divorced. I'm broke. I'm this, I'm that. Listen to me. There's not one verse of scripture where God calls you that in heaven. It's not there. That, my friends, is how the world tags you. And I want you to know something right now. That's not the tag you want to wear. My son and I, were, I was up in uh, Fargo and we went fishing over in Minnesota and we caught some big walleye. And these walleye were tagged. And so when we went fishing, the, the thing was that if you caught these that were tagged, you had to turn the tags back into the Department of Natural Resources. And you had to tell them how you caught them and what you caught them on and all that, if you were going to keep them. Well, they were tagged. So because they were tagged and I was lazy, I put them back in the lake. <laughs> now, now follow me. I could have taken the tag and turned in information about that fish that might have helped them to do something, you know, to, to help extend the life of those fish. Are you following me? I mean, one of them was 27 and a half inches long. It was over seven and a half pounds. Nice fish. That's why my arm hurts today. Nice fish. But listen to me, saints. I didn't do that. See, this is what happens. You get tagged by the world. And because that's all you think about is that tag, when you run into people, all they can see about your life is the tag and not the prize that God thinks you are. Because that's what continues to come out of your mouth and out of your actions. Everybody look at your neighbor and say, I'm only tagged by God. Now listen, here's a question. How powerful is a thought? Well, let me say this. A thought is a seed. Think about this for a minute. You have the choice to take a thought captive, which means you're not going to meditate on it. And all thoughts that are, that are not thought on die unborn. If you don't meditate on them, they die. But a thought is a seed. And if it is planted and watered by meditating on it, it will grow and produce a harvest in our lives by word or deed of either good or evil. That's how powerful a thought is. You know, they do these word associations, you know. Have y'all ever seen the, uh, movies where maybe some of you have been to a, uh, to a therapist or a psychiatrist and they do word association things. We used to have to go through these things at the bank and they would do word association things where they say a word and you'd say a response, you know. And uh, because when someone speaks a word, a picture develops in your mind. House. I mean, y'all thought about 
either your house or a really nice house. Come on, let me see your hands. Yeah. Same thing, you know, if we said car. All right. Some of you are going to come up with a description of a car. It's the way our mind works. It's the way it's created to gravitate. See, understand this. Adam had his full mind functioning prior to sin. You and I now have part of our mind, in fact, 90% or, or, or more, is not fully functional because of the curse that's on this world. That's why Adam could think and name all the animals that God paraded by. Why? Because he had the mind of Christ. And that's where God wants us to get to. You never rise above who you think you are or what you think you can do. You will never rise above those things. You're limited by what you think about yourself. And that's why you need to see yourself with the mind of Christ. The Bible says, let this mind be in you in Philippians 2, 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Now, I'm going to ask you a question. I want you to be honest. It's okay to say no. It's okay to say yes. But how many of you get up in the morning and pray, Lord, I put on the mind of Christ? Hold it up. If you do that, put up, put up your hand. All right. Not very many of us. And my question to you would be, why not? It's your right as a child of God to believe God for his thoughts. That some of the greatest things that we've ever done in our lives, the greatest inventions we'll ever have, the greatest, the greatest overcoming moments we have is because we're meditating on the goodness of God and God drops a, a God thought down into our heart that brings us liberation. It gives us the victory because he wants us to be thinking like he's thinking. When Jesus was going to the cross, he never reviled anybody. He never committed sin. Why? Because he, would, he had put on that mind of the Father. And you and I need to get to the place where that becomes the response for our life. You can see yourself and think your, about yourself and life with Jesus' mind working in you. I want you to turn to Romans chapter 8 and verse number 5. Everybody turn there. This will be an important scripture. In fact, this is my highlight for today. Romans chapter 8, beginning in verse number 5. Now, I'm going to read to you out of the Williams translation, which you could not find in that Bible program you have back there more than likely. So hopefully, uh, yeah, it looks like you may have copied and put it up there. Thank you very much. You're awesome back there, Mr. Scott. Now listen to this in verse number five. For people who live by the standard set by their lower nature are usually thinking the things suggested by that nature. See, this is putting it in a manner where you fully understand. People who live by the standard set by their lower nature. Now, everybody look right here. A couple of weeks ago, I showed this to you. When you start thinking on the word, God puts high value. When you start thinking on carnal things, God says that's low value. So look at this. For people who live by the standards set by their lower nature, that's the nature of this earth, are usually thinking the things suggested by that nature. And people who live by the standards set by the spirit are usually thinking the things suggested by the spirit. Isn't that amazing? Now, did you notice the word suggested? Did anybody happen to notice that in that verse? In other words, listen, listen. 
to every situation in your life, there will arise a carnal and a spiritual thought. You choose. You choose. You choose. Did you notice God didn't force it? If you notice that, say yes. He didn't force it. Now look at verse 7, because one's thinking the thing suggested by the lower nature means an enemy or enmity to God, for it does not subject itself to God's law, nor indeed can it. The people who live on the plane of the lower nature cannot please God. Isn't that amazing? So the focus of our mind is what Paul's dealing with in this verse of Scripture. And when we focus on fleshly, sensual, greedy, and materialistic desires or thoughts of anger, frustration, and violence, we're cut off. Listen to me close. We are cut off from the life and peace of God. You can't have the life and peace of God while you're meditating consistently on the lower level of things. If you believe that and receive it, say yes. All right, so here it is. You've been waiting all day to get right here. Eight questions to ask about whether your mind is prospering. I want you to write them down. And I want you to go home and think about this today. All right? Eight things. Number one, do you possess a desire to learn and change? Because if there's no desire on your part, you're never going to make a change. How many of y'all have ever tried to change a habit in your life uh, and then after about 30 days you went right back to what you were doing? If you've ever done that, say yes. That's willpower alone. And what I'm talking about right here, willpower, willpower won't change. It takes a move of God in your life. Matthew chapter 5 and verse number 6, all right? I'm going to read that one to you. We're not going to read all these, but I'm going to read that one to you. You don't have to turn there. Just leave those things up if you would, uh, Scott. Matthew 5, 6, listen to what he says. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be what? Filled. You will learn and you will change. Number two, number two, listen to this. Do you have a mind that meditates God's Word and obeys its precepts? Listen to me, saints. I want everybody to look right here. This is just your pastor talking to you. If you get up in the morning and read a five-minute devotional, and that's all you do, okay, that five minutes could contain enough to take you through the rest of the day, but you don't think on it any more than that. Listen. Listen to me close. You're not having a mind that's meditating on the things of God. So when it comes to making decisions, again, you're going to have an evil thought. You're going to have a spiritual thought. Which one of those are you gravitating to as you get ready to make your choice? So do you have a mind? That's what Psalm chapter 1 talks about. You know, he's planted, uh, he's like a tree planted by the river of life. You know, no matter what, his leaves never wither, prospers in all things. But that's because we meditate toward God. Number three, do you have a disciplined mind that agrees with the Spirit? Are you disciplining your mind to agree with God's Word? Are you still stuck on what Aunt Sally told you? you got to learn to agree with God's Word. How many of y'all have ever felt a, a truth that you thought, something that you thought was true in your life, come in conflict with the Word of God? If you've ever had that happen, say yes. Which did you choose? 
And you can choose it once, but let me ask you, does it become consistent? Does it become consistent? All right? So do you have that? That's what we were talking about in Romans 8, 6. Number four, do you focus on godly thoughts and attitudes? Is that your focus? You know, remember the old, what would Jesus do? How many of y'all ever ask yourself that before you say something or make a decision? At least 10% of the time. I'm making it easy, all right? 10%. I could drop down, but 10%, all right? I mean, isn't it easy sometimes to just let your flesh get away from you? Spur of the moment, something happens. Listen to me, saints. These are the things in life that have to change. If you focus on godly thoughts and attitudes, if your focus is to please God, when things arise, you'll make the right choice. All right? Matthew 6, Anyone know what that says? Seek first the kingdom of God and his what? Righteousness and all these things will be what? Added. How many of y'all like it when God adds to your life? All right, let's look at number five. Put number five up there. Do you confess your faults openly and seek change? How many of y'all have ever had somebody tell you this? Now you look at me and listen. You've asked for forgiveness for that hundreds of times and you hadn't done anything about it. Listen to me. Never stop asking for forgiveness. Never stop confessing your faults. But don't stop there. Make a change. Make a change. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you. Holy Spirit, help me to overcome this. I want to be better at this. I not only want to, want to be able to, to, you know, I want to do the right thing when it's necessary. When it's time to do it, I want to be able to do it. And that means you have to make a conscious effort to change. Number six, do you have your mind set on things that heaven and God are involved with? So let me ask you a question. If we followed you around or attached to you a recorder where we could hear your thoughts and your words, now we can't, can't hear your thoughts, although they have done these neat experiments now where they can do different stimuli and they see the brain come to life. It lights up. Did you know that's why the alcoholic and the drug addict can go 20 years without drinking and go 20 years and on one day something can happen that triggers and it lights up because listen to me, this is how powerful your brain is. Your brain is so powerful that once a pathway is created, it may not be used, but it never dies. Isn't that something? It doesn't die. It lies there dormant because you are controlling that, making a conscious effort to think on something different. It's a powerful thing. And so if we could follow you around, how much of your time would be spent at the end of the day? How much would we find spent on talking on earthly things versus kingdom? And when I'm talking about kingdom, listen to me, I'm not just talking about you just sitting around quoting scriptures to people. Are you following me? But could we judge it as being good? Could we judge it as being uplifting? Could we judge it as being comforting? Could we judge it 
according to the Word of God and find? Or are we spending all of our time talking about celebrities and the life of celebrities and what all's going on in their life and, and Orange County wives or whatever, all that stuff? I don't know, man. I, I got some weird stuff on TV. Are y'all with me this morning? Say, well, pastor, we're just being humans. No, listen to me. I understand we're humans, but we're humans who want to please God. All right? And so that doesn't mean we can't ever talk about those things. I'm saying what would be the balance? Let me look at number seven. We got to quit. Some of these aren't going over well. So do you have control? Do you have control over your feelings and emotions? 2 Corinthians 5.17 said, old things what? Pass away. Behold, all things have become what? New. So if you've been angry and you get born again, are you making a conscious effort to no longer think angry thoughts? Are you making a conscious effort to not give in to the anger? Are you making a conscious effort to not envy? Are you making a conscious effort to not be judgmental? Are you making a conscious effort to not gossip? Do you have control over your feelings and your emotions? Or if something doesn't go your way, let me ask you, are you like that two-year-old kid who when they say no still gets extremely mad? Because if you get mad and pout because something doesn't go your way, listen to me, you're carnal. That's a carnal nature. That's not God's nature. Can you say amen? How many of y'all believe things didn't go Jesus' way? Anybody, anybody with me on that? Did he pout? Isn't that amazing? We don't find that in there. Did he try to manipulate? Mm. I'm telling you. My wife needs to hurry up and get in here. Number eight. I tell you what, I love you guys. You know what? You know what gets me? Is I see y'all, y'all are actually looking and paying attention. And I got to tell you, I go home some days after we're done on Sunday and I get in my prayer closet and tell the Lord, Lord, why are they listening so intently? I don't know anything. And it intimidates me that you would do that. I'm glad, but number eight. Do you have a pure, positive, happy attitude toward life? Yes. Yes. Philippians 4, 8. Because if you do, the Bible says what? Think on these things. You know the church ought to be the most edifying place on the planet. And the people of God ought to be the most edifying people on the planet. Instead of trying to find somebody's mistake, we ought to be trying to find a way to encourage, build up, and put them over the top. But how many of you know that lower nature wants to kick in? And you have to resist that. We have to resist it. It's easy, and it's easy to think that nobody cares and nobody, listen to me, that's not how it is. So be pure about your thoughts. Be pure. Learn to think the best of others. Yes. I know that everything we hear on the airwaves 
They want us to believe the worst about every politician, every person. Listen to me. Try to think the best. Because the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 13 that love never fails. It always thinks the best of others. It never thinks ill of another. If we could learn to start walking in that light, let me tell you what, we wouldn't stumble so much. Why is that, Pastor? Because we wouldn't believe when people come up and tell us that somebody said this about us. We would immediately go to, I don't believe that. that that's not a lion's nature. I don't believe that in a minute. I just don't believe it. It's not, it's not who Keith and Latricia are. I'm not believing that. Well, I don't care what you believe. This is what they said. I don't care. And I'm not going to receive it. They're going to have to walk up to me and tell me with the same intent of which you are trying to express it. And how many of you found out that's not the way things go? Amen. So think the best. Can you say amen? So go home and meditate on these and ask the Lord, Lord, where do I need to shore? What do I need to do to make sure that my soul is prospering so that I can live the life that you've called me to live.